from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for June 1st in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we lo- we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're also convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founders, one of the great peaceful rest- restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome. Got a couple of people with me. Kirk Cosby's with me from the road. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Stan. You're very welcome, sir. The doctor's in the house. Dr. Scott Bradley is with us. Freedomsizingson.com, his website. Welcome back, doctor. Thank you very much, and uh, good morning to all. All right. I asked a question uh, on Friday. Friday morning's show. And the simple question was this. I want Scott to answer and then Kurt to answer. Here's the headline. This is a Sam Bushman created hotline or headline, if you will. Can we expect a long, hot summer of violence and riots? Question mark. Doctor. Well, it's if you look at what's uh, developing here, I think there's a high probability of it, but I think there's a lot of really good solutions out there that, uh, that need to be pursued. I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, Flint, Michigan sheriff that, uh, diffused a protest by joining in the walk. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was, it's yes, I unbelievable. Did, sir. And so, I mean, we got, you know, the idea of uh, peaceable assembly and all that kind of stuff, we got we got provocateurs out there unquestionably. You know, we got people who bring backpacks and bolt cutters and fire accelerant and everything. You know, these people are the troublemakers. But, uh, you know, a lot of the people are just really concerned, and, and some of the responses, honestly, have been absolutely brutal. I don't know if you've been watching. And, well, and they're out of control, sir. They're out of control, and it just highlights the culture of crime and violence that we have in America today. And we're going to be talking about the solutions, because I don't think, when I ask this question, can we expect a long, hot summer of violence and riots? I think it depends on what we do, on what we can expect. If we uh, foment those riots, we crack down super hard, we get in the face and create a war, then you know what? We're going to have a war. On the other hand, there are better answers, as the good doctor alludes to, which we'll get into the prescriptions and the solutions and the opportunities uh, here in a minute. But, Kurt, uh, you want to sound off on this? That was my question literally 12 hours before it all went down, buddy, over the weekend. Well, uh, I would agree with uh, what uh, Dr. Scott said. We're going to have it if that's what the response is, but there's sure a lot of other choices, uh, a lot of solutions that are available, especially if people keep calm heads and remember, uh, you know, to basically respond like the Prince of Peace. Now, the next headline from the mainstream press says this. Violence in the land. Videos show nationwide chaos and thousands of additional National Guard troops are deployed. WND.com with that headline. 
And I say mainstream press because I believe it's, uh, uh, you know, I love World Net Daily, but in this case, to me, that sounds like it's just getting ratcheted up and we're bringing in the military. I think that's the wrong action. Now, in my opinion, how this all got off the rails, folks, is this. There's a headline that says NYPD, that's the New York Police Department, appear to flee in cars while rioters rush in to attack. Similar scenes were experienced uh, and repeated in Portland. Okay? Then the next headline, Trump tweets, and I believe this is an absolute mistake by the president to say, but he tweets the following, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Now, I'm not for looting. Don't misunderstand the point. I'm just saying uh, one bad act doesn't deserve a bad act response. Uh, And that hails from the race riots of the 60s. Trump claims he didn't realize that. I don't know about that. But there you have the start, the makings uh, of the war, in my opinion, Scott. Well, absolutely. I think I think part of our problem is the militarization of the police, which has been going on for quite some time now. I mean, we bring people back from Iraq and Iran uh, that have served in the you know the killing fields of Fallujah or wherever you know, and and um, and and we hire them into our police departments. And there's this this false. It's an absolutely false impression that they're the thin blue line and and it's got to be a hard line and it's got to be them or us and all that kind of stuff, whereas this sheriff I alluded to earlier, I think, has the right idea. We are them. We are us. And the people need to understand. They are we. (laughs) Yes. And what we have is a, we, we must regain again, is a recognition that we, the people, are the ones that, that not only are we, you know, it, it, we're the source of, well, God is ultimately the source, but that all the power rolls out from us and our delegation of that authority. But what we've been doing is creating a militarization kind of thing through federal grants. And, I mean, they buy MRAPs and send them out, you know, the, the uh, those uh, mine-resistant, ambush-protected vehicles, vehicles yes. biggest tanks, you know, and, and, and we said that oh, we got one of those little 30 miles from me in a little farming community. I mean, for crying out loud, what are they going to do? Come and stop the farmers from celebrating when they sell when they sell their crops? They're going to deal with people not wearing masks, buddy. Now, then Here's President the Trump, in addition to saying when the looting starts, the shooting starts. The next thing the president said, President Donald Trump criticized George Floyd protesters who have turned to riding across the country on Saturday saying he would not allow them to dominate. Now, I agree with the point, but the way it's stated is a serious problem. President Trump calling out the military, suggesting when the looting starts, the shooting starts, saying we won't allow you to dominate. Now, I criticize the protesters as well, but I also criticize the cops that murdered George Floyd in the first place. They've literally intentionally created a race war here. So, for example, the mainstream press and everybody's alluding to this. Why are we calling these people protesters? Okay, I agree the First Amendment gives us the right to peacefully assemble. Okay, but we shouldn't be calling these people protesters that are looting and destroying private property and um, assaulting the cops and uh, throwing uh, you know projectiles and lighting things on fire. And these are not protesters, Doctor Bradley. They are not protesters. Okay, no. they're not peacefully assembling. 
at all. I submit to you that they're not protesters. They're hostile, violent thugs. And you know what? They might come from both sides of the aisle. Fine. I'm not here to debate where they hail, where they hail from, whether local or domestic or brought in or paid or left or right. Or I'm not talking about. I'm just telling you that is not a peaceful protest that's First Amendment sanctioned at all. I submit to you that it's, that it's an intentional insurrection, sir. Well, indeed it is. And this, is, this has been used time after time after time after time successfully to overthrow a government. And, and you can look back, whether it's the French Revolution or it's the uh, Franco-Prussian War or it's the Bolshevik Revolution, they took advantage of some unrest and, and they brought in provocateurs, they brought in professional uh, violence makers, if you will, and, and out of that, chaos, they brought a full revolution. You look at what happened with uh, Hitler and his brown shirts in, in Germany. You look at the way the um, any of these things are done, and I've got a chapter in my book called All Revolutions Are Not Created Equal. What's going on is is a kind of a parallel path, and, and hopefully it never gets as bad as it did in these other countries, but a parallel path to virtually every other revolution that's happened in the world throughout history the American Revolution was a, the antithesis of this. It was reasoned, well, uh, spokesmen, statesmen, all those kind of things were involved. The idea of burning the country down to throw out the existing thing was not their attitude, but that's what these provocateurs are doing right now. It's a, it's a system that's worked so many times for them, they're just playing it again. I don't care if you're a communist or a Nazi or a fascist or some kind of French atheist or whatever. All of these things have all been used successfully in the past. It's a well-honed process, and what's happening is uh, everybody's falling for it. This time is slightly different, though, because law enforcement and federal officials now are admitting that outside elements from both the far-right and the far-left groups are helping fuel the violent and the damaging confrontations that have rocked these protests uh, across the country for the last several days. It's been going on for six days now, they claim. Uh, and, and so they're starting to realize this is happening. Whether they'll do something about it or not, I don't know. What we need to do is we don't want to call these people protesters. These people are insurrectionists. Listen, an insurrection is a rise against government authority, okay, with an evil intent, okay? These are not protesters, and we need to say, if you are a protester and you want to peacefully assemble, then the second the violence and the craziness break out, you need to leave. Because we need to basically find out who the bad guys are immediately and arrest these people and try them to the fullest extent of the law. I'm not saying that we ought to be violent. We shouldn't start shooting. We should use the rule of law against them. And all peaceful people should abandon immediately and say, that's not what I signed up for. I'll come back another day for peaceful protest. Thank you very much. And these true insurrectionists, these true outside paid provocateurs need to be exposed and arrested and tried and convicted immediately, ladies and gentlemen. That's for starters. Let's see what Dr. Scott Bradley and Kirk Cosby say about that proposal. We've got a lot of solutions to come up on your radio, too, by the way. you got Dr. Scott Bradley, Kirk Cosby, and Sam Bushman in the house. Dr. Scott Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com.
Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999, text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999, or go to DefendAPatriot.com, DefendAPatriot.com. How many times do I have to tell you? I swear, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Don't you understand English? Your children are probably too polite to tell you. Hello, those things on the side of your head aren't turnips. But they get just as frustrated when you won't listen to them as you do when they won't listen to you. Do I need to speak slower? In fact, few things show children how much they're valued and respected more than a parent's willingness to listen. Tell me what you did at work today. Studies show when parents listen, children develop better listening skills themselves. They also tend to have more self-confidence and are more likely to avoid alcohol and drugs. Now sit down here and tell me all about it. When you really listen, love is what they'll hear. Thank you for sharing that with me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. Okay, so it's my maintaining that when the thugs go crazy, we still call them protesters. That isn't true at all, ladies and gentlemen. We need to separate <clears throat> those who are really there for peaceful purposes, who want to absolutely use their First Amendment uh, properly. We need to separate those from the folks that are thugs. And, for example, in Salt Lake City, we literally had riots for the first time in, I think, my whole lifetime. All right, I don't know where, when we've had riots in Salt Lake City, but we saw it over the weekend. Salt Lake City Associated Press, they say, listen, listen, 41 people were arrested in Salt Lake City during the violent, volatile Saturday of protests. See, that's not right. Okay, there's not violent, volatile protests, folks. That's a lie. That's a contradiction in terms. It's like saying violent, peacefully assemblers. I know that's not a word, but you get the point, right? It's bogus, folks. Well, anyway, they say most people got arrested because they would not disperse. And I'm telling you that if I go to an event and it breaks out in violence and it breaks out in in property destruction, I'm gone. You know why I'm gone? Because I don't sign up for that. And you could say, well, wait a minute, Sam, they can't destroy your right to peacefully assemble. No, they can't. And they shouldn't. That's why the cops need to be able to know who's who immediately. And if all the good people who truly mean peace would leave immediately and only thugs are left in the streets, it would be an easy cleanup day to peacefully go to these thugs and say, you know what? You're going to be arrested. You were told to disperse. You're not. Let's find out who you are. Let's find out where you're from. Let's get to the bottom of this criminal. Let me say it again. Criminal behavior. I think that's where it starts for solutions. Scott, what do you say? Well, I've got a lot to say. Uh, I observed very carefully the uh, the Salt Lake City riots. Uh, I remember the riots back in the 60s. I mean, they're pretty clear on my mind. In fact, I lived down in Watts. 
for an extended period of time. But, but let's be clear, they weren't in Salt Lake City, though, right? No, they were not. But but it All was right. pretty pretty chill and mellow in Salt Lake in comparison to a lot of those other things. And that, I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying, oh yeah, you can go to this level of violence and it's okay. <laughs> I just want to be but, clear where it is and where it's not, and when it was, and you know that kind of stuff. That's right. But but uh, the fact of the matter is that um, that these things, when they cross that line, good and peaceful people that, that really do feel like they've got a grievance that needs to be heard. You know, this idea that the the right to peaceably assemble and to petition, those things are First Amendment rights. The habeas corpus thing comes into play when when you do have rebellion and you do have destruction on the streets, and they have to kind of get the sweepers out, sweep everybody up, and then they sort it out afterwards. If the people recognized, look, this is beyond the, the purview of what should be done, we're withdrawing, then all you've got is the rabble-rouser. Now, by the way, in Salt Lake City, by 9.30, there'd only been six people arrested. The rest of them were arrested later that evening when almost everybody had gone home. All they had was the, the people that were really there trying to foment. And so they swept the streets. They picked up the other 35 people, which is really a pretty small amount. But again, I'm not trying to say, okay, it's, it's cool, we're good, because they only got this much damage. But the fact of the matter is, People go home, they disengage, they quit uh, when things get, when they cross the line. And the police need to recognize, too, they don't need to come in with MRAPs. That's right. And so we need to we need to separate the people, first of all. And it can happen by good, righteous people. Now, if I'm one of the people that go to a, a peaceful event and it goes violent, goes off the rails, and I decide to leave... Remember, I can peacefully assemble, but I can also appeal for a redress of grievance. I can, I can go back to the to the police department or to the city or to wherever, and I can say, "Hey, listen, I left this event because it turned crazy. I don't want any part of it. I want to help you stop the bad actors as well." Um, you know what? But we do believe we want to peacefully uh, speak out about this, and we believe there needs to be a venue. We need the police officers to really help us with this. Okay, they don't need to beat our heads in. We're cooperative. We're peaceful assemblers here. And, and those who are not aren't welcome at our events at all. And we need your help. And I think that that could go a long way between this hostile wall that's been brought up between the police and the people. We need to break that down and uh, because you could have literally people who are, are um, part of uh, sheriff's posses and who are part of, say, Oath Keepers, and who are part of other organizations that could help ferret out the bad actors. It would be very easy to create a relationship between peaceful people and those who are the bad actors to really stop the crime and the violence. I'm telling you right now, I'll bet you it's, 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 it's 5% at most that are even wrongfully there. And then 1% or 2% of those that are really could get caught. If we watched them carefully and kept an eye on them and we knew who they were, we could literally stop the bad actors, literally in the middle of the bad act even, nine times out of ten. What it takes is a cooperative network of good, honest, moral people to say, hey, we're not going to participate in this. We are going to disperse. We are going to cooperate. There is a way forward. Kurt, you want to respond to that, and we'll have the doctor respond. Yeah, I, uh, Saturday I listened to some of the reports, a good amount of the reports out of Salt Lake City, and... Uh, when these things were going on, and like you say, they pretty much started out peacefully, but then some uh, of the bad actors basically uh, lit a cop car on fire, you know, flipped it over and started it on fire. And then uh, a little later, uh, you know, as I listened, there was another car on fire. And, you know, it turns out what happened was there's some guy showing up, uh, you know, and he basically 
uh, well, he's a white guy, and he, he said to the crowd, he said, all lives matter, you know. And so then he was basically attacked uh, himself, uh, and, you know, his car was lit on fire. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, what what you got, the bad guys, there's some bad guys in there, and then, then you got the uh, kind of crowd or the herd mentality where they're all just jumping in. And you've got to just, hey, separate it out. But you can easily see when the provocateurs or things start. Now, I don't know who this white guy was. I don't know what his intent was. I don't know what. But when you see a guy say that, you can instantly then have good people say, all right, let's watch the crowd. Let's see who literally does what. And you could ferret out the people who caught that, put that car on fire and who literally attacked this guy. Um, you could ferret out and find out who those people are very Quickly. Now, believe it or not, all around the country, okay, these outside elements that law enforcement officials are speaking about, okay, they literally targeted Confederate statues in multiple cities, and they've had graffiti attacks and everything else. Famed D.C. monuments defaced after nights of unrest. Thugs are attacking news reporters. And the media is encountering violence everywhere. Okay, you could ferret out these people very, very easily in every city. It would not be hard. Okay, let me tell you what the Koreans did. And you spoke of Watts. You can speak to this maybe, Dr. Bradley, back in the 60s. Uh, in, in, in California, there is um, communities based on race or based on nationality or whatever you want to say, cultural communities. I don't know what to call them. Okay, and, and, and there was a Korean community. And the thugs came in to try to destroy their community. What the Koreans did is get with their guns on the rooftops. And play sniper. And it's like, you know what? You come in our community <laughs> and try to destroy our property. We're just going to kill you. Stop it. Now, I'm not advocating for that point. But I am saying those people left and went somewhere else. Now, I think there are ways to create less than shooting. Ways to isolate those who are really the bad actors and put them on center stage for prosecution. I think this is not very hard to do. And I don't know why it's not being talked about and or done more. But it is the answer, Dr. Bradley. You know, the answer really begins much earlier than when the first fist is thrown in a fist fight. I mean, you cannot wait until that moment to decide what you're going to do. And and part of the issue is education. It's education of people. It's education of, of police agencies, quite frankly. I give lawful order lectures, you know, constitutional lawful orders. Um, there, there is a limit to where you can take things. You do not have authority to do certain things, whether it's military or police. The police need to get educated. The people need to get educated. There needs to be a bridge built between the police and the people. And, and that bridge is very fragile right now because of the thin blue line attitude that the police departments have adopted out of the militarization of the police side. They armor up and they, they and do everything by force of muscle and, and uh, firearms and, and anything they possibly can, battering rams. Well, it, it, it begets violence on the other side. The people need to have a relationship with those that are their police force. It is not an up against uh, us against them kind of thing. This sheriff I alluded to earlier uh, put his arm around the protesters. They were peaceful protesters. He joined with them. They took their helmets off, put their batons aside, and walked with them to say, yeah, we don't want violence either against anybody. We want the police agencies to keep their actions within the proper bounds. And if the people and the police agencies, whether it's a sheriff or a, a, a blue uh, uniformed cop, 
well, any of them need to have relationships with their community, attend church with each other, spend time in each other's presence. And so when you do get provocateurs in there, you know, the pe- police can say, hey, wait a minute, I know this guy right here. H- help me identify the provocateurs. And the person can say, you know what, this guy's not part of our group. He's got a backpack full of, uh, you know, accelerants. For we fire. have never yeah. seen this guy before. Who is he? What is he doing? And I'm telling you, you could take a 10,000-person crowd and isolate two to 300 people to watch very, very easily. And don't tell me it can't be done, folks. It can be done. There are other solutions. We'll talk about them in seconds. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So there's easy ways not to violate everybody's constitutional rights. There's easy ways to handle this. And I don't believe calling in the National Guard is helpful at all. I just think it ratchets things up military style. And I'm very, very concerned about that kind of behavior. But not only can you work with the people, the cops... The police, the peace officers can work with the people that are known entities in given communities. And if you want to have a local protest, that's fine. If somebody wants to come from outside of that protest, that's fine. But you know that the bad element comes out the second nightfall hits. And pretty much the peaceful protesters leave. And in nightfall is when the bad actors start to emerge and, and make their presence known. And uh, some of them, you can start to say who was there at the early protests versus who's there now. And you can start to really see who's what, because normal people don't stay out and protest all hours of the night. Normal people don't wait for nightfall to happen and then start running around doing things. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, every person that's out at night is a bad guy, but you could easily start to put limited curfews in place, limited scenarios about gathering in place where you'd say, listen, you can't say it's a peaceful assembly when there's riots all across the country. Destruction of private property all across the country. You can't tell me it's a peaceful protest at 10 p.m. at night. We're not doing that. So there's easy ways not to violate the rights, not to ratchet it up and bring in the military and everything else, but to work with the people and to put common sense measures in place, Dr. Bradley. Am I crazy? Well, I don't think so. Um, I think that there needs to be some uh, a reasoned response on both sides, and I I don't know if you saw that video of the family that was sitting on their front porch, uh, you know, watching, you know, the things unfold back in, uh, I don't remember where it was. I think it was Minnesota. But at any rate, um, uh, a cadre uh, of militarized police came down the street, bullhorning everyone to get inside. The curfew only applied to public property, and the police need to know their limits on these things, too. These people were sitting on their front porch watching things unfold. And by the way, by the way, if they're being peaceful and they're on their own porch, they have every right to do that as long as they want to. And it's absolutely right, and it was on private property. Nobody had to... You know, nobody had to have their house shuttered up. It wasn't like they were, you know, World War II trying to keep the lights from shining on the, on the uh, sky. And these officers came down the street, and, and you heard the officer give the command, light them up. Now, that's the command to use your weapons, okay? You're going to, uh, you know, you think about when you fire a firearm, the, the flash of the muzzle. 
And uh, so the officer gave the command, they formed up, and they, they peppered these people. Now, again, immediately they were using some kind of paintball, I think. It would probably had some agent in it that would cause additional, you know, caustic response or something like that, that peppers, pepper inside the paintball or something. They lit up this family on their front porch, so we're just sitting there. Those guys are turds. That's the nicest thing I can say about them. They are excrement. Look, I'm Those submitting to you that they are they are as violent and mo- as much thuggistic as the bad actors we're talking about. It's both sides. And so you talk about the left side, the right side, or the left leaning, the right leaning. You also got to talk about the cops, too, okay? We can't be saying when the looting starts, the shooting starts. You can't lead with that kind of a hostile view, okay? Can we expect a long, hot summer of violence and riot, violence and riots was my question, but I want to bring up this point: the New York Police Department, the NYPD, got caught fleeing in cars while rioters rush in to attack. Similar scenes were reported in Portland and in other cities. Okay, you here's what happens: whenever I see that getting completely out of control, the cops are either there in battle gear, ready to just kill everybody. Uh, and smack down, or they're not even there. Both responses are extreme and unacceptable. Kurt, you want to respond to that? I don't know why in many of these places the cops are fleeing. What's their job? Why are they not there? It only gets way out of control when they're not there at all in the first place. Well, we Or if they crack deal. down too hard. Well, that's right. We saw that deal uh, down in uh, Florida. Remember where the cops but showed up and then just kind of watched and waited for the, what was it, Parkland, you know, the shooting there. And and uh, then later, you know, besides uh, getting reprimanded, then he gets his job back, you know. Uh, you know, the policemen need to be understanding that they're going to be in kind of tough spot. But if they, you know, duck and run, basically, when, when the uh, times are – necessary when it's necessary they be there you know they're not doing their job but don't you see a pattern of they're either there hostily ready to just to crack down uh, okay or they're just simply absent running from the the fight we need a measured response in the middle of those two sir that's what the cops are there to do and if you're not going to do your job what do we even pay for you for but every time i see it run off the rails it's one or the other crack down too hard or flat out absent and just letting the the uh, corruption roll sir that's right. That's what, uh, you know, you look back at Gunsmoke and Marshall Dillon or, you know, see Sheriff Mack or uh, Sheriff David A. Clark, so many of the good sheriffs we know of, how they would run things. Uh, first of all, you know, they'd probably never even let it get to that problem just because, you know, you'd, you'd take care of things in the beginning. And uh, and also the the terrorists or the bad guys would know what the response was going to be already. Uh, so many of these places signal that it's okay to just start fires and do all this looting, and they're going to, you know, basically let people blow off some steam. Blow off some steam, you know, let them walk around and, you know, chant or whatever, but not light people's buildings on fire and turn cars over and start them on fire. That's that's destruction of property. That's not protesting. What do you think? Um, Amen. What do you think, Dr. Bradley? I'm saying that the cops in the worst areas have one of two responses. One, they're cracking down crazy violent themselves. 
and or two, they're simply running or they're absent from their, their derelict in their duty. Well, we go back to the Declaration of Independence. The purpose of government is to secure God-given rights, okay? That is, the, those God-given rights uh, are not to go destroy life, liberty, or property. Those, the, the protection of life, liberty, and property is what the, uh, the government is for. And, and I think with the appropriate advanced preparation and, and educational understanding of limits and bounds, I think police forces and people could get together and work this out. We and they are together on the pro- appropriate use of force and protection of life, liberty, and property. I just, I mean, and we could speak at length about that, but one of the things I think has exacerbated this problem a little bit has been this complete facade that has been going on for the last few months, the, the fousy facade I, that I call it, uh, with this coronavirus and the lockdowns. I think the, the frustration levels have risen, and some of the provocateurs, I think, are, you know, people come out of their houses and they're saying, hey, what's going on over there? I'm going to go look. They go look, and there's a riot fomenting, and so th- that has exacerbated the problem. I think the level of government tyranny that has been Im- implemented on, uh, and I would take the red states and the blue states, are very close on this thing in that they've way overstepped their bounds in terms of this demand that everybody goes into a, uh, a lockdown, a, a solitary confinement in their home. I think that they've, they've destroyed businesses. There's frustration levels that are high. Uh, suicide rates are higher. We've got drug and alcohol abuse higher. We've got uh, family uh, domestic problems higher. And there's a high level of frustration right now that I think is kind of feeding the fire of what's going on with these uh, situation that has to do with uh, with George Floyd. And, and it, things are reaching a boiling point, and I can't help but think that this has not been done without some level of design. I think there's an effort to, as I point out, uh, we talked about in the beginning of this, Every single bad uh, revolution that's happened has, been, has come out of a frustration flashpoint, whether it was hunger or whether it was uh, issues in regards to uh, economic or whatever. These are replaying. You look at how not the Nazis came to power uh, in the 20s and 30s. It was because of the, the stupidity of government operations in regard to destroying the economy and, and controlling the people's lives. And in a way, I think this is all contributing to the flashpoint that we're reaching, I think, in some of these situations in some of our large cities. The large metro areas tend to be a flashpoint, and that's where we're finding all these things to happen. And and, uh, I think where the people are are closer to their uh, government, like in more rural areas, whether it's the mayor or the city council or the police chief or the sheriff, I think that more reasonable heads are prevailing. But in the big metro areas where there's a... Well, let me give you an example. I guess in Salt Lake City, a man pointed a bow and arrow, bow and arrow at the crowd. They say he's not arrested. What the yeah, heck? What, what, this guy, that I think you're referring to the guy that had his car burned, that got out All Lives Matter, and, and he had a cross, or I think it was a cross. Well, I'm not positive it was, right. but at any rate, there was a... Uh, and they say he had a knife. Well, a lot of times you wear a knife on, knife on your hip. I mean, it's just the way. It's yeah, but you don't point bow, you don't point bow and arrow hunting bow and arrows at people no. in, in a crowd in the middle of a violent disturbance issue. And my point isn't that he doesn't have the right to defend himself. He does, but when you're in that situation, pretty soon, you know what? You're looked at as one of the bad guys. Now, hopefully, That's they right. get it ferreted out. I'm not suggesting he's a bad guy, but I'm saying it's all mixed up, folks. 
How many protesters were in Salt Lake anyway? We'll talk about it. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, Dr. Bradley, do you know how many people were protesting in Salt Lake City, for instance? Okay, protesters versus uh, peaceful assemblers. I mean, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Protesters, protesting is fine. Peaceful assembling is fine. Acts of violence and breaking the law is not fine. Right. So they say protesters, you know, burned a police car. Protesters beat up a guy that was pointing a bow and arrow at him. Protesters. That isn't protesters, folks. That isn't peacefully assembling people. We need to quit using those words. Violent thugs, provocateurs, criminals are doing these things. The sooner we start to tag who's who, the better off we'll be, Dr. Bradley. Well, like I said, I think there was a total of 41 arrests in Salt Lake City. And uh, and that probably, uh, almost everybody else was probably this, just there to say, hey, we don't like what happened to to, to uh, George Floyd. And, and I, I guess, I mean, there were probably hundreds of protesters, but very few that were, uh, you know, wicked provocateurs. And and so, I mean, there has to be, there does have to be a distinction, but uh, but uh, some of the provocateurs may have gotten away. But, All right, so listen you know. carefully. There was about 1,000 people plus, they say, at first throughout the day. It got more violent, more violent. They put a curfew in. They asked for help. They say at first the 8 p.m. curfew was not hard set by the cops. They were patient. By 9 p.m., they got to the Capitol. An order to disperse was played over the loudspeaker. Now listen carefully. 
<clears throat> many were yelling obscenities and flipping off the cops. Now, you can do that, and we're not going to arrest you, but we are going to keep an eye on you when you do that stuff, because you know what? Why are you flipping off the cops and yelling obscenities? Okay? But we're not going to arrest you. You can do that. They say others began to leave the way they were told. Fine, you let those guys go. They're probably not the bad element. But they say about a dozen people sat down on the plaza showcasing their intent to stay. Okay? It's time to go home, the, the cops said. This is not helping. Nothing good can come from this now. And this is the point that I'm making. When it's not a peaceful protest anymore, when it's not a peacefully assemblage, when basically there's enough reason for them to say you got to disperse private properties being destroyed, we got to know who's who here. This is not helpful. This does not promote the dialogue or the conversation needed, the cops are saying. But officers in riot gear were seen being treated for minor injuries. They've been hit with projectiles and pushed. One was hit in the back of the head by a protester with a baseball bat. Okay, protesters yeah, don't have know. baseball bats, my friend. It wasn't any worse because he had a helmet on, fortunately. But All I'm telling you is protesters don't run around swinging baseball bats. You're right. You're right. Criminals, thugs do that. And see, that person ought to be hostily arrested now. Had it not for his helmet, he could have been seriously injured, they said. Dozens were arrested downtown. As hundreds of police officers advanced. Um, anyway, they say at least two were arrested at the Capitol because they were refusing to leave the premises. In an attempt to restore police, the article goes on. They had an Air National Guard helicopter overhead. They said nobody can be allowed on the streets except for law enforcement, news media, medical personnel, and anyone transporting food traveling to somewhere, patronizing businesses, fleeing danger, or experiencing homelessness. Anyway, it goes on, but uh, my whole point here is it's easy to separate this crowd and find out who's who. It's easy when, when, when appropriately dealt with. And these big cities almost seem to me that they are intentionally throwing fuel on the fire. I don't think Salt Lake City did that. I think there was a couple of bad mistakes. One cop, I guess, was shown pushing, shoving a guy with a cane to the ground or whatever. They always take a bad example and try to blow it up and make it national and make it worse than it is. I'm not justifying the behavior if that's what happened. I'm saying it's an isolated incident that now becomes the banner for more violence. Um, But we need to be very clear about this. Why are these other cities just melting down? How does it happen night after night after night after night? It seems to me they can get a hold of this and stop it immediately, Scott, if they do the right things. Immediately. You know, it's interesting. I have a a theorem, if you will, that I operate off of, and it is this, and there's a corollary to it that goes along to this application. The, The concept is the higher the population density, the greater the propensity towards socialism. And if you have a university in the community, it, it, it exacerbates it even worse. So uh, the higher population densities equals greater socialism. And, and what we have in, in these situations is in almost every instance, this higher population density, higher socialism equals a greater propensity to uh, violent demonstration. Uh, now they're, they all kind of run together. You look at all the places this is happening, there are areas where the socialistic philosophy, and Salt Lake City is one of them, it's probably the worst in the state of Utah. There's some others that are given close second and thirds. 
the Salt Lake City area has the highest level of socialism in the, the entire state. Now, it's highest population density, too. But you look at all these other communities that this is happening in. The high level of socialism has been for years and years and years. I have gone and testified in, in the Salt Lake City against issues that were communistic in their basis. They were way beyond what some people would say was just kind of a pink socialism. And, and Salt Lake City has been on this track for a long time, as have virtually all of these other communities where things have blown up. And I think that this idea of, of the socialistic, redistributed kind of mentality, this, this um, I, I deserve it kind of mentality in terms of anything that can be provided to me for free, has fostered this in some communities. Again, I think that we need to bring a level of sanity back to where proper government, proper respect for law, proper respect for principles and, and uh, people. I mean, uh, whether they're in a blue uniform or civilian clothes, people need to start building those relationships. But in these big metropolitan areas where the police force becomes militarized, man, it becomes hard. And I, I think that's what we've seen in most of these big communities. And like you say, unfortunately, in Salt Lake City, we saw something that has, I, I don't recall anything like this at all in Salt Lake City ever. But I think that, that it's a festering point right now with the level of improper government that has been fostered, plus this coronavirus facade has, has fueled the frustration level of a lot of people. And people just came out and, and fuses were lit. They were short. Ladies and gentlemen, I plead for patience. I plead that we follow the Prince of Peace. And I'm telling you, there are ways to find who are the bad actors. And I don't understand. I think Salt Lake City might be on the right track to say, hey, who doesn't belong here? Uh, who isn't willing to cooperate? Who is, you know, and I think we can flag the bad guys. What we need to do is get quiet, capable, retired police officers, retired individuals that can be part of sheriff's posses that can peacefully walk around and just keep an eye on. It would be very easy to flag the bad actors. And I'm telling you, when a thousand people assemble, I bet you there's not more than uh, than 20 or 30 or 40, maybe 50 bad actors that you can highlight and discover easily. You watch the shift of people, and when daylight is and it's peaceful and stuff, you'll see a different crowd or a different people than you'll see after 9 p.m. when it all gets dark. You can keep an eye on this. You can familiarize yourself with the faces and the people in the situation very easily. And you know what? You're not violating anybody's rights by looking and just saying, hey, we're keeping an eye on this thing, and we're going to mingle with the crowd, and we're going to peacefully know who's who, and we're going to talk to the leaders in a given area that are organizing some of these peacefully assembled um, you know, platforms and opportunities. And we're going to say, do you guys know these people? Do you not know these people? And it, you know what? It would not take very long. I don't care if you have 10,000 people to find the bad actors and isolate them and create accountability. This could be done, but it's not being done in most cities. It isn't. And that's my biggest concern. They should. I'm just I'm not even a law enforcement guy. I'm not even a military guy. I'm just a guy with a pretty decent brain. And this is what I've come up with, uh, Dr. Bradley. But how come these cities aren't doing these things? You can't tell me it's that hard. No, it, it truly isn't. And, and in a war zone, or let's just take a, a Fallujah situation, the, the people that are in strategic observation points, let's say a high point on a building with using optics and so on, you can pretty well pick out um, who's in the pot and who's now in a war zone, a sniper takes the head off of the person that's doing that and the crowd quickly calms down and leaves. 
You don't do that in a, in a situation in the United States. But what I'm You saying, do every bit of it, but the take their head off part, though, you identify them and you report them and you say, listen, these guys are the ones you got to watch out for right now. And pretty soon the cops don't need to worry about the rest so much. That's right. And that's what I say with some strategic observation, with some people that have some smarts about this thing, you can pretty well uh, identify and single out and, and center your efforts on these other people that are fomenters and provocateurs and, and diffuse the situation by appropriate action against those people. And, and when they're gone, the problem's gone. And, and they say we're on six nights of riots in some of these places. And I'm saying, how the heck can that be? Buddy, I'm telling you right now, if I was the mayor or if I was the county sheriff, or I, uh, I, this would not be happening. I'm telling you right now. No, no, I, I'm confident that there's a... Uh, a lot more reasonable heads out there, and there could be dialogue that was started, and and it could help people understand that they're looking for a solution rather than trying to cause a problem. And so, yeah, uh, there, there's a way around this, but, but it takes uh, everybody involved in it, and, and uh, for people to just turn it over to the people that are stirring the pot, man alive, that's a big mistake, because it's just going to get worse and worse, and and this effort to do a revolutionary overthrow in the United States, I don't think is over yet. I mean, I think really and truly, um, the whole thing that's been going on for months and even years in, in some instances, I think is just something that's trying to, there's people that are trying to spark the tinder, the dry tinder that's there, so that something will burn down. And that's not the American way. We've, we've got to let reason prevail and, and go back to our baseline principles, but that takes some understanding and uh, the education system today and the, the mentality that's out there, it's it's been put at high risk. Kurt Crosby, pray for and work towards peace, my friend. Follow the Prince of Peace, and there's ways to ferret these things out. I'm just a redneck man that doesn't have a I'm just a talk show host. I'm not an expert in any of these things. But every bit of the proposals this hour that I've, that I've rolled out are just from my own mind going, what would I do were I in these guys' situations, meaning these leaders, mayors and governors and and city police and sheriffs and whoever, what would I be doing? And I'm telling you, that's how I would go about it. I just don't understand how it's allowed to continue, continue, continue. And it just seems to be getting worse, not better. And we've seen this happen in more, more, with more frequency and more duration in the last five years than in my whole lifetime. And I sadly agree, Dr. Bradley's right. It's not going to stop anytime soon. It's just going to get worse because there are those who truly want an overthrow of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Kurt? Couldn't agree more, Sam, and uh, yet the solutions are there, the Ten Commandments, uh, and uh, treating people as we want to be treated. It's pretty simple. Uh, the Prince of Peace shows us the way. Doctor, the final word's yours, sir. Well, I, I do believe truly that uh, this nation should be one nation under God, and we need to return to that God faithfully, devotedly, humbly, and in a repentant attitude, and I think that we can all straighten this out without much more ado. The sooner the better, ladies and gentlemen. You want to learn more about Dr. Scott Bradley and his incredible books and collegiate series on how to preserve this nation? You want to watch his weekly webinars and have Q&As on the Constitution and more? Do you want to ask your questions and have them answered by the good political doctor, if you will, the patriotic doctor? All right. Uh, to do so, freedomsrisingsun.com. Spread the word. Freedomsrisingsun.com. For Dr. Scott Bradley, Kirk Crosby, and Sam Bushman, we declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. We declare this nation shall endure. 
God save the Republic of the United States of America.